You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. It occurred to me that professors must get so they unconsciously act the way people think professors ought to act. Oh, hello there. This is Bradley Martin. I was just catching up on some Jack Finney's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Because we're going to be reviewing Secret Invasion today, the Disney Plus Marvel six-part miniseries about Nick Fury and his scrolls coming home to roost. (laughs) Yeah, seems about right. We last left off. Nick Fury was in outer space at the end of a post-credit scene to, I believe it was a Spider-Man film, Far From Home. Yes. But why is Nick Fury in space? Well, ho, ho, ho. He returns to Earth from space to meet with his old buddy Talos, which he first became friends with in the uh, Captain Marvel film that was set in the 90s. This is post-blip, and Talos, well, he's got some concerns and some notes of Nick Fury's performance regarding the promise that Carol Danvers and Nick Fury have made to the Scrolls on Earth to help find them a new home. Someone who's uh, tired of waiting, a Scroll named Gravik, played by One Night in Miami's Kingsley Ben Adder, He decides, we don't wait, we just take the Earth as our new home. Now, is this to get the attention of Nick Fury for a more nefarious plot? Or does he think that him and a handful of scrolls can take over the Earth? Or perhaps a combination of the two? Now, Talos has been busy. He's lived a lot of life off screen from the 90s till now. His wife has passed away, but they had a child named Gaia, played by Amelia Clark. Where does she fit into all this? Does she want to walk the peaceful path of placing yourself under a government's thumb and hoping they do right by you? Or does she want to walk the path of the maniacal fool who thinks blowing things up will get them what they want. Tantrum on an explosive level, I'll call it. Furthermore, Nick Fury has lived an entire life between the 90s and this series. And we're going to get into that as we talk about this. Scrolls are everywhere and could be anybody. Even your favorite Marvel characters. We'll discuss that as well. With me to discuss this, 
someone who I'm pretty sure has a not just a Star Trek encyclopedic knowledge or a wrestling encyclopedic knowledge, but I believe a DC Comics encyclopedia knowledge that could include some Marvel stuff. Jordan is with us. How do you do, fellow hu- uh, people? <laughs> I'm not a scroll. And yes, I know plenty of Marvel. And somebody who would always say hello to an alien, whether she knew they were an alien or not, because she travels in that lovely blue box that brings peace, hope, and destroys cynicism. Sarah Jane is with us. <laughs> hey, now. Uh... So my biggest hope, and it was a big one, my expectations were way too high. I wanted Tony Stark to have been a scroll all along. I know that's idiotic of me. And that bar is put way too high. I wanted a flashback of him dying in a desert and the scroll going, shoot, I'll take over a billionaire's body. That sounds like fun. Which would explain the sudden change of heart in an egomaniac's brain. But uh, that didn't happen. And I'm not bitter about it. I just realized I set the bar too <laughs> high. But did you two feel that this show offered anything even close to what my silly swing was? Or did, did it meet your expectations? I mean... I mean, I will say it would have been better if Tony was a scroll in the original Secret Invasion comic. <laughs> that would have explained a lot of his bullshit at that time, which I did reread for this. Oh, all right. Spoiler. Don't. It ain't a good book. It still ain't a good book. Uh, great art. But uh, I will say I personally like this i know this is I, I already know this miniseries has already become very divisive among several critics and several fans when i heard oh we're gonna do a espionage miniseries based with nick fury and it's gonna be and it's gonna have the uh well based on uh secret invasion i thought Okay, this could work, because I, as much as I love my superheroics, I love espionage. It's what got me into storytelling. Well, there's a reason I considered uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier the best MCU movie, so a TV series, so a miniseries of that? Awesome. And I will say this mostly hit the mark. All right, Sarah Jane, what do you think about this? I had pretty high expectations for it for the reasons that Jordan just went over because I love, I thought, oh, this is going to be an espionage spy thing. Nick Fury, uh, Olivia Coleman's in it. This is good. And uh, I really love, um, oh my God, I can't think of his name now. <laughs> then Mendelssohn, there we go. I really love him. And so I was happy that he was going to be in this. And, um, I didn't love it. So there were some things that I really did like about it, but I think overall it probably could have just been like a two and a half hour movie and that would have been fine and probably better. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, uh, this, it, this did seem to drag its feet a bit. And bear in mind, I love my slow burn Cold War era espionage, especially. Like, I think, like, I yes, I was that one bitch waving that flag for the 2011 adaptation of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. 
I, okay, you know what? The one thing I will enjoy from this is going Dara Scroll, Dara Scroll, because because like around the time of the Secret Invasion comic, it's just like, okay, who the fuck isn't a scroll right, right yeah. now? <laughs> Raise your hand. I mean it. And so, and like this is also like the first like real lead project in the MCU for Samuel Jackson. Like we get, like we really finally get to see some deeper insight into Nick Fury. And I will say, I did like Samuel Jackson's performance because we actually got to explore, like with, we'll, we'll explore more with a core MCU character, like what's the blip done to them sure and like it's broken fury it's it's made him question everything he trusted hell everything he didn't trust and made it rethink his own personal mission Mm -hmm. and his values and i thought that was really explored well i thought there was a good uh, I, I thought that was a good element uh, to uh, Nick Fury here. You know, that's something that the MCU as a whole has always kind of bugged me about. So much of these characters' lives, I'm I'm an old man with a family of my own. I find boring stuff compelling. So hearing about, oh, did you guys know that Nick Fury has talked to women before romantically? <laughs> My trifling ass was like, well, can I see that movie? And of course I can't. That's not exciting or fun. But Charlene Woodard plays a character named Priscilla, who has known Fury for a long time. And Fury and her kind of reconnect in ways that affect his personal life and professional life. And she has to monologue a lot. And to have a character that seemingly this important in Fury's life to just be dropped in the middle of a TV series to be used in this way and having to fill in the gaps of, what, 30 years more? (laughs) I thought she did an impeccable job and I was very impressed. And again, I'll go back to what I was saying before. Can we just get maybe a rom-com that goes into a deep, serious, sexy romance between these two, maybe? I'd like to see that. But what did you all think of the, here's what happened off screen. Now, now here's what's happening now. Quick paced, go, 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 go storytelling of the MCU in this. I did like, well, first of all, I did like uh, her performance. I thought she was great. Uh, I didn't have a problem with anybody's performance uh, Mm -hmm. in the show at all. But uh, the woman playing Priscilla was was really great. And so I'll give her a kudos. Um, To Jordan's point where she was saying that the show has been really divisive, I heard, and my husband calls them chuds, so I will too, (laughs) the people who hate everything that's woke and they hate hate MCU, whatever. Oh, I call them troglodytes. Yeah, well, they are that too. One of the things that they were complaining about, about Nick Fury, is somehow that his they diminished him as a man, as a character, because, you know, he, he was, like, secondary. And I'm like, bitch, please. He is all, that's his role. 
Mm-hmm. He's never on the front lines. He's the guy that got everybody together, and he just is behind the scenes. He's never out front. So He's the puppet master. Right. And so I don't understand how, you know, his role was diminished. No, it wasn't. He was doing what he's supposed to do. And did do. If, if anything, if anything, this did the opposite of diminish him. Yeah, and I guess maybe they were talking about also about the end. There's a reason why that went down the way it did, and it had to have gone down that way. It, it couldn't have been another person doing that. No, I fully agree. It's it, it, This is my first time just really hearing that criticism. It's like, what the fuck are they on about? Like, this... All right, first off, he had to have had a role to diminish. Mm-hmm. Right. Like a presence to diminish. Because see, here's the thing about Nick Fury, especially Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury. It's like, he's the shadow. All right, he's the shadows around the corner. The what? The location of where, where all the shady shit goes down. And, and like, as I mentioned, this is like the first time we're like getting real deep character depth to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially after this, after the blip. So it's like, oh, they diminished a man. Oh, first off, <laughs> yes. Let me feel sorry for the poor cishet man. <laughs> let me feel terrible about them, says a trans woman in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, you know what? They're the real victims out there. What? <laughs> Okay, I can't even. Well, let's talk about some victims. Anyone that crosses Sonia Falsworth, Olivia Coleman's character. How did you all love oh, the... her introduction into this universe? Because I think she'll be back. She she's, is the... she's glorious. She is the best thing about this miniseries. <laughs> I agree. I will take a Sonia Falsworth movie. Just her. Uh, yes. Yeah, same. I I absolutely loved her for no, like, like okay yeah I already loved Olivia Coleman, but I loved her even more the moment she stepped on because like she goes toe to toe in in scenes with Sam L. Jackson and fucking owns him <laughs> and and this isn't even like the spy stuff where it's like oh she's got a one up on him you know with her being MI six. No, it's just like I, I I just love these two being like you know fucking frenemies. I I, I just oh it's so great. I I love I love these bitches. I love these catty bitches who can't trust each other. It's amazing. <laughs> well, she seems yeah. to be um, committing war crimes now. I don't know what the UK's <laughs> policy is behind. MI6, that's their business. So apologies if I'm completely misguided here. Yeah, hey, listeners, let us... Hey, UK listeners, let us know about international war crimes. Yeah. Give us up in the comments. Her interrogation skills are very frightening. Like, they're not going to go well. As soon as she enters the room, you're like, oh, this is going to go badly for someone. Mm-hmm. And uh, or, yeah. or very good for someone, <laughs> context depending. What I liked about her character mostly is Nick Fury, he's tired. He's so tired of doing this kind of work. And this kind of work is rarely discussed in the MCU where 
People get shot. People get strangled. People get tortured for information. Decisions are made where lives are in the balance and someone's going to die. Sonia Falsworth seems to revel in this type of situation, though, and loves living her best life and slaying queen, you know, (laughs) doing this. So I thought that was like fascinating. And I'd also love uh, maybe another crack at those two teaming up again to having another compelling story about that. I think the key thing is that, yes, they are somewhat opposites. But here's the thing. Coleman doesn't play it as being the complete opposite of Fury. She she's actually rather friendly, which is the, which is her way of disarming uh, you. Basically, it's a, she, she's like she's like a cozy grandma who may <laughs> or may not do war crimes. <laughs> Whether she's offering you a cup of tea or a piece of lead in your leg. <laughs> it's the same tone and uh, politeness. <laughs> so I want to talk about Gravik. Uh, his plans, I don't get them. I think we needed way more backstory for any of his plans to make sense. When he says the number of scrolls they have and they will conquer the earth with their, those scrolls, I laughed. Like, <laughs> come on now. Do they not have... Do they not have basic logistics in the shield tents that you poor kids were raised in? Was Gravik a good villain? Let's let's start there. How'd you feel about Gravik and his intentions? Okay, I will say I thought uh, I I really did like the intensity Kingsley Ben Adir yes brought to the role. Uh, I, re- I especially in like the last couple episodes, I thought he was particularly menacing but he did for the most part just seem like just a bolstering bond villain it's like we don't really it's like we don't and we don't even really see the scope of how many scrolls there are on his side up until like i mentioned those last couple episodes especially with the ending uh, uh, of the miniseries, and yeah, I, I, I just thought uh, not too, not too interesting a villain. I mean, I get his motivation. I do. He wasn't. He really didn't leave an impact on me until like the last two episodes. Honestly, really. I thought. I, I mean, he was fine. Uh, I mean, as an actor, and I will say. He's in Barbie, and when he popped up as one of the Kens, my 12-year-old turned to me and was like, is that graphic? And I'm like, yes! <laughs> you know, because it took me a second, too, because, you know, he's so opposite. You know, Ken so is so opposite. So he clearly went to Oppenheimer first. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, funny to, it was funny to see him. I was like, wow! You know, and he doesn't have just a small role. I mean, he's got a, you know, he's got some pretty good screen time. Um, so his performance was fine, but I, you know, you get a little bit of backstory, like literally like 30 seconds to figure out his motivation. And so, you know, it's like him versus Talos, basically, he's just impatient. He's like an impatient child, 
He wants it. He wants it now. He thinks that Nick Fury and Carol Danvers have been like, well, you promised us this planet, and you it's been 30 years, and you haven't done anything. So I guess we have to do something about it ourselves. Which, I mean, he has a point. But I think he was just maybe going about it the wrong way. Sure. Yeah. It definitely won't end up on a Gravik was right mug I... anytime soon. So. <laughs> no. No, 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 he, he, no, he ain't Magneto, yeah. and also Magneto, even then, not a villain. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love Magneto. Genocide is bad. Well, yeah. I will say, uh, like, the other performances, Ben Mendelsohn and Amelia Clark, I both really liked. Then again, I, 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 also, I just really liked that snarky back and forth between Mendelssohn and uh, Jackson. Like, I, I I really liked their chemistry back in Captain Marvel. Yeah, where's that yeah. movie? I want a buddy cop movie. Kind of. I oh mean, my they, God. they have yes, 30 please. years. They have 30 years between the, the series and the movie to, like, just throw that in. It could work. I mean, they genuinely, like, loved each other mm-hmm. as, you yeah. know, like, I don't know if they were best friends, but, like, they really had a genuine love and affection for each other. Because there's a part, there's something that happens, and the look on uh, Nick Fury's face, you know, it was, like, stricken. Uh, You know, and so... Yeah, he was shook up. Yeah. So, um, Uh, but yeah, where's that? I want that movie. Just those two. I agree. I, I I agree, and I will say, the, the some of the scroll reveal reveals, much like the Secret Invasion comic, they raise a lot of questions. Of okay, so how the fuck long has this been going on? <laughs> yeah, and they don't tell you because <laughs> in either well, medium, yeah. they just leave you up in the air. The, the the director said that one of these characters has been a scroll since. Civil War, I think. Well, let's uh, uh, let's not leave too I many too many breadcrumbs. Uh, let's go into final thoughts, <laughs> <laughs> Jordan. Uh, yeah, I, I I honestly really like this. I I I will say I I am definitely going to be in that camp where I liked it more than most, but I do have my problems with it. Like, uh, yeah, graphic, slightly weak motivation. Like I I can understand it, but. N- not too compelling a character up until like near the end of this story. Uh, as I just mentioned, some of the scroll reveals, much like the comics, no fucking makes no fucking sense. Raises way more questions than it will probably answer. And uh, I honestly liked the pace. I liked the slow, methodical pace of really getting to see inside everyone's thinking and how everything comes together. Oh, but also I should note, fuck the artificial intelligence credits on this thing. Especially right now during the goddamn writers and actor strikes. You're just proving our points. Fuck that. But also, Olivia Coleman, MVP of this miniseries. I will. I, I want more Sonya Falsworth. So... I'm going to give this seven and a half 
owls out of ten. <laughs> That'll make more sense when you see like her office. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sarah Jane. Yes. I really wanted to like this more than I did. Like it started out pretty strong. And then it just kind of meandered there in the middle uh, episodes. And then it got better toward the end again. But, you know, I would have just rather have gone to see a two, two and a half hour movie. Um, and it still could have set up uh, the, sc- the whole scroll thing for the MCU moving forward. Um, so, yeah, I mean... The performances were great all the way around. Um, I didn't love Amelia Clark. I, I don't think she had a, a that there was any problem with her acting, and maybe the character is just supposed to be kind of there and blah and not really have any personality that much. But I don't know. I don't think that's her fault. Um, so. <laughs> that's pretty much all i can say i love the mcu and so when i saw this i mean i'm always going to try to sign up for any of these things um and this one just is like the first one that um because i love she hulk i thought that was great um you know i i loved um miss ms marvel i thought that was great so, you know, this is the first one where I'm just like, uh, I, you know, I think you could skip this, uh, in terms of your MCU viewing and y- you wouldn't really miss anything. I mean, I guess you would if you want to learn a little bit of what was going on with Nick Fury since the nineties. Um, I-, I did like that story and I would have j- just been happy if there were no scrolls and it was just that story. Um, Anyway, so I'm just finding stuff to say. So I'm going to end it there. I'm still going to give it a six. I'm going to give it six out of ten cubes of sugar that Gravik puts in his coffees that we never actually see him drink. <laughs> Good God. Okay, as someone new to coffee, I'm just like, Jesus Amazing. I mean, he kept putting them in and then, you know, more and more. And then he just sat there. I, and I'm like, dude, are you going to fucking drink that? And they did it like three times. I, <laughs> I mean, I guess six keys of sugar is better than just ordering six shots of an espresso. Yeah. We'll see. I'll try it out. The Gravit Coffee, six cubes. <laughs> so for me, when did I start going? These are fine. MCU is fine. That was back during Age of Ultron, ladies. So it's been a minute for me to enjoy. Well, I liked Infinity War. Anyways, uh, loved watching Rhodes, the character Rhodes, played by the Don Cheadle. He got to chew so much scenery (laughs) in this. And Mm. it was absurd. And it didn't make sense that someone in his position would be talking this way. But I loved it. I thought it was very comical, and he did great. I hated the promise that Fury makes. Fight for me, a government agent in a child military, and I'll help find you a home. That's disgusting. That's gross. Yeah. Why would a hero say that? Yeah, that's totally nothing <laughs> like the United States yeah. Army in any way. Fury's <laughs> supposed to be better, right? 
But that goes completely unaddressed how I feel about that. In fact, the music swelled with inspiration during that scene. And I thought, oh, shit, this, uh, oh, boy. (laughs) But at least it carries into Ben Mendelsohn's really good monologues. You know what? If you like really good monologues, just watch this. Because there are a ton of great ones. Kingsley Ben Ader, watch One Night in Miami. But uh, in the finale, he gives a monologue, which everyone's like, but technically it's a pointless monologue. Just stop. Really watch this actor throw his whole heart into a character that everyone's complaining about. And that's a thespian to me. So beautiful work from him. Mm -hmm. Ben Mendelsohn, I think, has always brought it. I don't think he knows how to not bring it. Samuel L. Jackson, he's having so much fun. And he's been a working man's actor since I was like a toddler, even before then, obviously. And of course, the Olivia Coleman. I didn't care for this story, but I don't know how to rate these MCU shows because maybe something 10 years from now, someone will say something and everyone will go, oh, oh that means Secret Invasion is actually amazing. You know, just like y'all did for <laughs> The Dark World, which I still don't get. That's such a bad Thor movie. Um, so I'll stop ranting. So I'll just leave this at five out of ten. Silly phrases that Nick Fury says because Samuel L. Jackson can't swear. <laughs> I will say uh, I can fucks with this Rhodes in here because <laughs> I was not expecting The Undertaker to be referenced at all <laughs> in a Marvel uh, property. Like, yo, shit. Well, shit, actually, I was thinking, well, shit, I- I'll become friends with Rhodes because I'm pretty sure of his connections. I can actually maybe get a a seat yeah. to WrestleMania. Front finally. row. The one where Roman Reigns finally loses. Oh, that'd be nice. 